Welcome to the Time Has Come podcast. My name is Graham Wardle, and thank you for joining me again for part two of my conversation with Amber Marshall. If you haven't already seen the first episode of season 14, then you may want to skip this episode because there are some spoilers. Amber and I really wanted to do this two-part interview because a lot of people have most likely just seen the first episode of season 14. And for some, it may have been challenging and difficult to see. So we wanted to share our thoughts and, and talk about the new direction of the show and share our perspectives on it because, well, there's a lot to talk about. There is, yeah. We know everyone's going to be experiencing their own reactions to this, whether it be a change of the show that they, they don't want to accept or maybe are struggling with, or on the other hand, possibly have been impacted by this in, in a personal way. So that's what this episode will be about. How we, how we see these stories and why it's important to tell these stories. Mm -hmm. You know, I think something that is so unique about the relationships on Heartland is the longevity that's been carried with them. And it's very unusual in a television series to tell stories over a matter of 14 years. You yeah. know, this is, it's almost unheard of. And by doing that, you captivate audiences in these stories for that many years. Mm -hmm. So we have fans that have been watching Heartland for 14 years and they've been following the stories of Amy, Ty and the family. And, and to lose a character is like losing someone in their own life. Because they've been in their home on mm -hmm. Sunday on television screens and, or wherever they're watching. Yeah. It's and part I of think, their life. I think it's so important to talk about how this makes you feel. You know, and a lot of people will react in different ways. You know, some people will be angry. And why did that character die? And, and th this doesn't make any sense. And, yeah. and that happens in real life. You know, when people pass away that are close to us, we sometimes feel anger. It's yeah. why. Why was this person taken too soon? Or, yeah. you know, it's not fair. And all of these things that are human emotions lead us down different paths. And, and sometimes death can be beautiful. And I want to say that in, in the way that, you know, you've lived a very fulfilled life mm -hmm. and you've given so much mm -hmm. and people have loved and respected you and you've passed on so many lessons. So in your death, it, it's almost like this, this moment of recognition for all of the things that you've accomplished in your lifetime. And it's a celebration of the life you've lived. Yeah, and, and for me, um, I see it also as a, a reawakening of the sacredness of life and appreciating life that when my uncle passed and, and I was in the room with him at the hospice center and I watched him pass away, I wasn't angry. I, you know, we knew he was, he was, it was his time, but it was a, a reawakening for my appreciation for the sacredness of life. And death is never easy, but it's, it's a part of life. Mm -hmm. it, we all die. We all are going to die. And it's something that is often shunned in our culture. We don't want to think about that. We want to talk about that. Mm -hmm. And it's always pushed off to the side. But Heartland started with Amy's mom passing away. It started with this very challenging event. And it shaped Amy. It shaped who she was and who the character became, you know, from that experience and the family that surrounded her. And I think that that is also is another experience for Amy with the loss of her husband, Mm -hmm. There is a new journey, a new shaping. And um, I really like how we were able to include little vignettes, I guess you could call them, of Ty mm -hmm. being there and, and showing his love. You know, he's still there. Yes. He still well, loves her. And that's 
So many people uh, will share stories, and I've heard this from many people close to me. I even felt it in, in a small way. I was very young, but when my grandfather passed away, I was in my classroom, and I felt him there. And it was, it was a mo- I was very young. I was grade two. But I came home, and it, it impacted me enough that I went home and told my mom. And I said, Grandpa was in my class today. And so it was a moment of just knowing that that person is there, and supporting you. And whatever our beliefs are, you know, whatever you choose to believe happens after you die or where you go, or I think that we can all agree that the time we spend together on earth in this life is so important. Sacred. It's beautiful. It is. And if it's cut short, it's a horrible tragedy, but we need to be um, happy with the journey that we had. And Appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate it. It might that's, not be easy to be happy about it, but yes, to be able to appreciate the time you had. Yeah. That's a, a better way of saying it. I, I think that we need to use it as a way of moving forward and looking at life in in a new way, you know, knowing that we don't have forever. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's really what makes life so special. Can you imagine if we all knew we were going to live forever? Yeah, or if it was your birthday or, every day, uh, exactly. it wouldn't be special anymore. It wouldn't be special anymore. <laughs> and I, I think yeah. that the stories being told, although they're heartbreaking mm-hmm. and they're going to be really hard for a lot of people to watch, they're real stories. You know, yeah. these, are, these are things that happen in life. And whether we, we want them to or not, we are all going to have to face death at some point in our lives. And I also will just kind of answer the question I think a lot of people are asking right now is, you know, why did this happen in Mm -hmm. terms of actual production? In the course of the Heartland story, this was a decision made by myself to take a step back from the show to go another direction. And I had worked with the producers and the showrunner to figure out a a way to do that that would honor as best we could Mm -hmm. the love story and the journey of the character. I just want to make that clear for everybody because I think a lot of people, uh, if they don't know uh, the reason why, in terms of a professional, you know, behind the scenes actors and all these different things, that they can be creating false narratives. Right. And, and that's so the first question I think that we all ask ourselves is why? Why did this happen? Yeah. And so many things happen in our lives that we can't control. I think that it's important to be able to understand that they are out of our control and to be able to move forward and and know that we are living our lives the best way we know how given the situations that we're and given. the circumstances, yeah. And there's, they're not easy. And mm-hmm. that's what I, I've always enjoyed about Heartland is that it has always shown the, the human spirit healing, moving through things, coming back to the heart, coming back to what matters, and that growth. Because life isn't easy. And I think stories, if everything was okay and everything was just always mm-hmm. peachy keen, <laughs> you know, there's no spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. There's no strengthening. I, I do believe that that there are so many great stories that Heartland has to tell this season mm-hmm. and that I hope people can can feel that spiritual truth, can feel those journeys of the characters and how they, they cope with this, how they grow mm-hmm. through this and how they move through it. Well, and I think that's something that Heartland viewers have really gravitated towards over the 14 years of Heartland is the fact that the family unit is so strong and, and so wholesome and we hold each other up. And I think that that is such an important model to show families all over the world. Mm -hmm. And we all sit down and eat dinner together. 
and we all support each other in the decisions that we make and and we give advice and and when we don't agree with something we also we voice that as well and so I think a lot of people resonate with that and they say I love this idea of family I love how connected they are and in a in a moment of great tragedy is when we lean on our family the most and it's very interesting to see the journey that the Heartland family takes in season 14. Obviously, this is this is not a light topic. You know, this is something that is very heavy. It holds a lot of weight. And it's how the family overcomes this moment together that I think is so important for viewers to watch. Mm. Is it overcoming as much as it is like integrating? Because it's not like mm-hmm. they want to like leave it behind, you know no. what? You know, maybe that's not what overcoming means. It's I mean, not about leaving behind, but I think it's it's starting a new chapter. Yeah. And yeah, that, that word I'm using because it's... I know what you meant. Yeah. I'm just trying to clarify because I think in some ways, you, you know, when people pass, it's not like you ever forget them. You know, no. it's like you've overcome that, tra- you know, and you're, right. you can still think about them. And you're like, I, I, I still miss them. You know, I'm still mm-hmm. sad about that. But you have moved on. You have... Moved forward. Moved forward. That's a better way to put it. Yeah. 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 Death is a, is a challenging thing. It's a challenging thing. And I hope that, that this story is able to, to touch people. And that's really what I have always wanted to be a part of is projects, stories that, that touch people's hearts, that touch people in a way that moves them mm-hmm. in whatever way. Maybe it's, maybe it's they haven't grieved the loss of one of their loved ones and this is something that brings that up and they're able to then actually feel those feelings that they never allowed themselves to feel. And so that to me is like the most beautiful thing that I can think of as being able to play my small part in a healing, in a, a reconnection, in a, in a letting go. I think that there is a value to, to telling these stories and to sharing these things because they're not easy. No. You don't, you don't set out and be like, I want to make a TV show about like, <laughs> no, well, <laughs> this and kind of stuff. That's you know? not Heartland's MO, right? You know, there, there are television series that are based on death and gore and it's yeah. it's more the shock value right. than it is the wholesome stories and that's what I love so much and you know how much I love Heartland I love this project I am so committed to this project and it it stems from this inner truth of a wholesome family that I believe is so needed in today's society and I think in season 14 we are telling beautiful stories and this is based in tragedy there's yeah. there's no question about it I'm not saying that oh, Ty died and, and we're all, you know, just getting over it and moving on. It's it's the way that a family comes together in tragedy that yep. I think is so important. And Heartland does that so well. And I believe that the relationships that we all have, not only as actors, but as the people that play these characters, we're so close because we've been working together for 14 years. And so to have these scenes uh, right now off the top of my head, I'm thinking of Grandpa Jack and Amy consoling one another because they're both equally griefing. And then also to have these people, Amber and Sean, who are playing these roles to be there and and just to be supporting one another as well. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that that's that's just something bringing a little bit of that history of our 14 years together into the show as well it was interesting for me when i shot my um my little snippets on the show this this season 
they were isolated. So we shot a completely second unit. And so I didn't see you, no. anyone else in the, and it was very interesting because, you know, I, I showed up on set and I, you know, got in my costume and such and getting ready. And it was, it was very new for me because I had to think about how would the spirit of Ty show himself to Amy to express his love or to show up in her dream and then mm -hmm. to present himself in a way that she could recognize in a dream and help her process, help her heal. I had to really get into my heart because I'm thinking, well, the spirit of any anyone, anything is just love. Mm -hmm. And so I, I got to come from that place of just pure love, but then in the context of how can I help this person take that next step in their healing? Mm -hmm. Maybe to it's just forward. to move forward, you know? Um, so it was a very interesting thing. And then also because of the reality, you know, Amy is seeing a spirit or seeing a ghost that's not physically there. Mm -hmm. So what was that like for you to act not seeing me there? Well, I think the fact that it was a character that for the last 14 years, 13 years, we have only ever been present together, right? I've, I've never shot a scene that I can remember where I was acting without you. Yeah but as though you were there. So it was a whole new concept for me. And I remember in early Heartland seasons, Amy had a lot of flashbacks of her mother because she lost her mother. And so in those moments, of course, Marion was not actually there and would go into these you know, dream sequences or, or what have you. And so it was similar into the sense of that. But back then, I didn't have the history with Marion that Amy and Ty have had. We've played that story out for 13 years. Right. So... In season one, all the viewers knew and all that I, as an actor, knew of Marion was basically just the pilot episode, which was the first episode, the moments that we saw her. So there wasn't that history behind it that mm -hmm. played out on screen. So this year, it was, it was a very different experience in the sense that when I, Amber, acted out those moments, I was recalling so many flashbacks of... Amy and Ty throughout the years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Whereas I didn't have that to recall on when I was For doing Marian. flashbacks with yeah. Marion. So it was, it, it was different. Yeah. And I think also the fact that a lot of the scenes I had Lindy, who is played by two amazing young girls, Ruby and Emanuela, and they are so present. They're, they're very so present. Real. Oh, most kids are very present. Yeah. Of course. But as actors, we're used to, playing uh, uh, yeah. with other actors yeah, yeah, yeah. and kids, you can't really s qualify them as actors yet. They're just living in the moment. They're, They're totally so the present. Moment, yeah. And so I compare a lot of my scenes with them as in the realness of it to working with animals, because again, animals are just living in the moment. They're not following lines. They're not hitting their marks. None of those things. They are feeding off the energy you give them. So with the girls, they were feeding off the energy I gave them. Now, this was a very different concept for them because we had to explain that the character was gone. But oh, you explained this to them? We did oh, okay. because there were scenes where they had to be sad or, or things like that. And I, and I explained that this is a story. You know, this isn't real life. And I had to also mention that no Graham Papa's doing well like he's okay and and he's happy and he's fine but this character has left us yeah and they and they're very bright girls and they they understood it they said okay so we're pretending that he's not here anymore but in real life he's okay so and it, they got it oh they totally oh, got great. it 
And it was hard in the, the very first episode when we hadn't quite got to that explanation yet. And they would see photos of you everywhere. And of course, they hadn't seen you on set. Yeah. So that was the big question. Mm. But I think once we kind of explained that this is just the story and that you were uh, just not in Alberta and, yeah. <laughs> and they, that you were fine, yeah. uh, then they were okay with that. That brings up an interesting point about children not knowing that mm-hmm. this is, uh, you know, a show or whatever and had, pretending. And that's something that we've talked about too, is about the connection that people have to these characters in this, this story, this, this fictitious reality, mm-hmm. but it's so real. Yeah. It's so real. We were talking just before we started recording here about the connections that we can form with people on television or roles or identities and how that impacts our chemistry in our body and our brains. And we literally have these pathways in our brains, these connections, these ideas of whether it be for a television show that we uh, feel these people are real or we feel these people are part of our lives. And that when something happens in the show we don't like, we're actually experiencing something in our own brain, in our own body, as if it were real. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to, to say that because, you know, it would be very easy to say, hey, guys, it's all a show. Like, you know, don't be upset. It's just a show. <laughs> but it's, you know, you have to acknowledge the fact that for a lot of people that this show has been a part of their life. They have either got some healing from it. They've got a tremendous value from connecting with their own families that a character passing on like this, there could be for some people that connection in their brain, that being severed, it's almost like a real death. Mm -hmm. So I know we wanted to acknowledge that and say like, hey, we don't take this lightly. Mm. And for myself, when I had planned and had talked with for the past couple of years now about how to phase my character out, how to do that in a way to respect Mm -hmm. the investment of audiences around the world in this storyline, in this character, Um, not just like cold turkey, you know, some shows a character leaves and it's just they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> you never see him again. And so that was something that I'm really happy that I was able to work on with everybody was to try and fade out that story, but still keep the spirit mm-hmm. of the love of their relationship alive in those moments. So I just wanted to, sh- to share that because I think it's important for people to understand this phenomena of what's going on in your body and what's going on in your brain and how you can form attachments uh, to characters on a television show. But even in your own life, we can form attachments to people. You know, we lose a loved one and we have an attachment to them. We have a, a fami- famili- familiarity. <laughs> How do you say that word? Familiarity. Yeah, there you go. Uh, to that relationship. And when it's gone, it is a, a pathway in the brain. There is an emotional connection, a spiritual connection that is now shifted, is transformed. And that can be painful to experience. So I want to acknowledge that because for some people it can be painful. I mean, I get upset and and emotional when I watch movies and I'm just learning about the character in that moment. Mm -hmm. But because we project into the character, and that's what I find so beautiful and I love about filmmaking and storytelling is it gives people the opportunity to project into that story, to that character, their own awareness, their own life, and then they can feel out what would that experience be like. And experience things that maybe they have repressed within themselves or they've had difficulty with or they've been curious about. And so we we have this beautiful thing called storytelling that is a tool to convey mm-hmm. these lessons, these spiritual truths that like one of them is we're all going to die. There's going to be a day that we're all going to pass on. And how do you deal with that? How do you how do you process the death of your loved one when you when you just have a brand new young child mm-hmm. and and it's like you're just starting your life? That's a really tough story, but what a beautiful 
mm-hmm. valuable story to, to communicate to people that, you know, especially in the world that we're living in right now, uncertain times and a lot of things that have changed for people. And it's like, how do you cope? Mm-hmm. How do you cope with change that you do not want? I think that's a valuable story to tell. And I think that in the heartland world, Ty and Amy, correct me if I'm wrong, this is her journey. Mm-hmm. How does she move forward well, and in this time is. of great change? We've talked about, you know, the very first season she deals with the death of her mother and, and deals with is, is not the right word, but she is on this new journey that doesn't include the person she's been the closest with in her yeah. life. And now, 14 years later, she is trying to be strong for her daughter because now she's in that position where it's not... I think when she lost her mother, she felt completely alone. But now she knows that she has to be strong for her daughter who needs her. And that that thought guided my journey playing that character. You know, that's kind of what led me along the path in season 14 was that I I can't be selfish in this because it's not just me who lost something right? My daughter lost her father. And so I have to be present in her life and I have to be there to be able to, to guide her, right? You know, this is a a four-year-old child that we're talking about and, and to be able to not forget about Ty. There's, there's never a point in season 14 where Ty's memory is, is not at the forefront of every thought that Amy has. But there's a transition throughout the season and and we'll follow that for viewers that stick with us on this journey to see in every event that happens in your life there is new understanding that mm-hmm. comes from it there's there's personal growth and those around you truly affect how you move forward so i think it's so important in anyone's life and i i can't speak um, on the topic of death in, in, with great insight, because I've never lost anyone very close to me. However, I, I do think that those that are around us in times of weakness really shape how we move forward. Mm. And if we have a very supportive team around us that know that every situation that happens in our life makes us who we are and shapes the next journey that we're going to go on, I think that that is ultimately what guides us through all of these events mm-hmm. in life. And also, the I just wanted to add in there that, yeah, the, the events, that the situations, and the things that we go through shape us. Mm-hmm. And I speak a lot about Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning, because he was um, in a Nazi concentration camp, and he chose a meaning that was empowering to him. He had a reason for getting up in the morning. And the people that didn't have a reason, like you talked about Amy saying, this is, I'm going to do this for my daughter. Mm-hmm. The people in those, he tells it, he talks about in his book, he says the people that didn't have a reason to get up, to reunite for, with their loved ones or to, to, to have some sort of purpose, they perished. Mm-hmm. And it was the people that had a reason to move forward that were able to move through those struggles, move through that pain. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a beautiful, beautiful, powerful story to be, to be sharing with the world right now mm-hmm. because there is so much uncertainty and there's so much challenge that everyone in the world is going through. And if we don't have a vision, if we don't have a purpose of why we're moving forward, why we're standing up, why we're speaking our truth, why we're trying to help each other, why we're trying to save our local small businesses and the mm-hmm. people that are really struggling right now, if we don't have a purpose, 
it is so easy to perish, to mm -hmm. become overwhelmed. And what a beautiful parallel of the heartland world of Amy going through this tragedy and saying, I have to, I have to rise. I have to raise my daughter. I, I have to be there for her. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to draw that parallel because I think it's very timely in that mm -hmm. sense. And I think that I hope that people can draw comparisons to that. Well, and, and it's, I also want to say that these scripts were all written pre-COVID. That's true. So yeah. I don't want people to think that if stories were shaped and created because of the times, yeah. because all of these scripts were written in December of last year. So 2020, not 2019. No, no, no 2020, 20, 2019. 2019. Yeah. So more than a year ago yeah, more than a year today, ago. Yeah. these scripts were written. And they did have to be altered in, in some ways because we were set to begin filming in April. And of course, lockdown happened and that got pushed till September. So there were certain stories that the writers had to become creative because they were a summer story. The scripts were written to be spring, summer, and they moved into fall, winter stories which in a way gave us new opportunities that I think it added to the stories mm -hmm. because when we think of moving into the winter of our lives, when we think of death, so to speak, I feel like these stories have a feeling of fall, winter. And there's, there's just something that adds to, and again, I'm, I'm talking this because in a way, this is a story. We are creating drama. We are creating these visual moments and experiences for people to go on. So I'm not talking in the, the sense that, you know, death is ever timely, but I'm talking in the stories of Heartland. I feel as though it will resonate with audiences better when we see it in the, the fall, winter Idea, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of as the, opposed yeah. to spring, summer. I hear what you're does, saying. Does that make sense? So in a sense, COVID, yeah. the lockdowns pushing our story to be a, a fall winter story, I think really worked better, worked better yeah. with I've, the stories themselves. I found that with Heartland over the years that I've been working on the show that there were so many, uh, you call them happy accidents, you call them synchronicities. Heartland horseshoe. Heart, that's oh, I mean, that's yeah. what you call it? Okay. <laughs> yes. Heartland horseshoes. Yeah. And it's beautiful in so many ways. And that to me is always a sign that you're on the right path is when things are synchronous. There's a synchronicity that lines mm -hmm. up or it's like, yeah, that actually works better. Mm -hmm. And so often we approach life and in filmmaking all the time <laughs> with the little bit of filmmaking that I've done, you have this vision of what you want it to be. Mm -hmm. And then life happens or yeah. this actor's not available or this location is, it's now raining here or the snow is not here anymore. And so what do you do? And it's it's very similar to how life is. We have mm -hmm. a plan of how our life should be, and then life happens. And then now what do you do with it? How do you handle this? And I think that ability to adapt is really what creates us to it fuels that fire, right? When something when a challenge is thrown at you and you say, Well, this isn't what I was planning, it it sparks something new. And something that you might never have thought otherwise of seen. or yeah. otherwise seen if you were on that straight and narrow, so to speak. So sometimes when something's thrown in the middle of the road and, and you need to deviate from that path, you find a new path that is better than the path that you were on before. And you're like, yeah. oh, why didn't I see this before? Because you were driving down that highway with your blinders on. And it's sometimes it takes yeah. that roadblock for you to be able to see a new path. This, this brings me back to when I was in high school and I was playing football and I was like all about 
football. Mm -hmm. And I was going to study physics and math because that's what I loved. And I was going to play football at university and that was my deal. And then I got my second major concussion. And I went to my doctor because I blacked out and I um, woke up and then I was seeing like blue and white colors and you I thought you were on the beach. I thought, yeah, I've told you this story. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was on the beach. I didn't know what was going on. And then I played the rest of the game with a very bad concussion because I didn't, I didn't know. Right. So I went to the doctor and uh, I was having a problem with visions and flashing out of my corner of my eyes and dizzy and all this stuff. And so he says, you got a really bad concussion. He said, if you keep playing, there's a, a real chance of getting brain damage and it's pretty serious. And in that moment, the way I thought my life was going to go was ripped away from me. Mm -hmm. And I remember at a young age, that was my identity. I was going to be a football player. This is what my life was going to be. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, it was like, oh, no, you're not. And if you do want to keep playing football, well, you can, but you might get severe brain damage and then nothing in your life is going to be the same. Mm -hmm. And I struggled with that because it was life bringing me something that was very challenging. But from that, a new path opened. Mm -hmm. I was failing high school. My math and physics class, I think I, I don't even know if I passed math and physics, but I had to go to my school counselor and she said to me, if you want to graduate, you're going to have to take some of the classes because you're not going to graduate otherwise because I wasn't able to focus in these classes. So I took a video class on how to make little movies with a video camera. And it was from that that then I went to film school. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh my God, I love making movies. I love film. And it got me re-inspired with acting again and making movies. And so that was a path that I didn't plan. I didn't mm -hmm. see coming. And because of that unfortunate event, it shifted me in a way that I couldn't have planned for. And so often in life, we are presented with challenges, things that we don't want, we didn't plan for. And it isn't until later that we look back and we go, oh my God, like that was kind of like the best thing that could have happened to me. Because like for me, like I was, I was on the track to be a jock, mm -hmm. you know, and study math and physics and be very, <laughs> but you know, on that track. It's incredible that you recognize that too. Because a lot of people don't recognize those events as something that was the catalyst to what they're doing now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So a lot of people can just say, uh, yeah, it was horrible. Like I was going to be, I would have been the best football player around and I would have been. Well, I would have been. But. <laughs> of, course, no, I, yeah, of course. I know what you're saying. You know, so yeah. it's like, I think the fact that you're acknowledging that that was one of those moments that led you to where you are today yeah. is really great because not a lot of people see that. Well, but that's the, the fundamental power that I, I, I am so passionate about sharing with people that you get to choose what things mean. Mm -hmm. You do. Don't let the TV, don't let your mom or your dad or your best friend tell you how you should feel or what this should mean to you. Mm -hmm. What meaning do you want to place on this? Because you get to choose that. Yeah. And I, I've, I've met people, I have a conversation with people and they don't, they don't know that. They, that's not a possibility. If somebody attacks them with a name that they think will hurt them, they become hurt. And I'm like, you have a choice mm -hmm. to, to decide what that's going to mean to you. You get to choose what things mean. And I think it's a superpower that, that is, unfortunately, like you said, for some people, they don't have that perspective. They don't think, I'm going to choose an empowering meaning and decide that this change is going to be something brand new. It's going to be a new path, and I'm going to get the most out of it. Mm -hmm. Easier said than done sometimes. Yes. I'm not saying it's yes. easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's worth it, you know? <laughs> I, I, I truly honestly believe that, you know, when I die, I don't get to take anything with me. It's going to be me passing on to whatever that is mm -hmm. on the other side. And for me, I want to I look at my life 
And I want to think of all the spiritual lessons, the growth and the challenges that I had internally, the fears that I faced and the, the things that I gave to people and how I touch people. That's what I feel I get to take with me. Everything, all the physical stuff, all that, mm. it's going to be gone. So when I'm faced with upsets or things that I didn't prepare for, challenging times, I go, okay, this is happening for a reason. I don't know why, but I'm going to find the silver lining. I'm going to find what it is, the spiritual lesson. I call it spiritual profit. What's the spiritual profit in this that I get to learn? It's not going to be easy, but when I learn it, I'm going to feel so good. And I get to take that with me. That's going to empower me to move forward. And that's going to also be a gift that I get to give to somebody else. Or I get to share with somebody else. And maybe help them find their own meaning. Help them find their own spiritual profit. Beautifully said. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm just absorbing it all. I, um, I, do, I do believe that's true. And I, I, I think that we are our own limitations. You know, we, we create our own roadblocks yeah and and false like belief systems yeah and like you said you know we are in charge of our being we are in charge of how we move through a situation we may not be in charge of situations that are put on us but how we move forward from those situations yeah. is entirely up to us what we're going to do yeah and what we're going to make it mean yeah. What we're going to focus on that was another thing too you you know Amy decides to focus on her daughter mm-hmm. I got to be there for my daughter I got to help her grow up without a dad. Yeah. And, and how do I connect her with, you know, the other family members and such so that she can have the best childhood that she can have mm-hmm. now that her father's gone. So um, choosing what to focus on, choosing how you're going to spend your time and being aware of that is another, I find a super skill because very easy to get lost in despair, to get lost in um, why did this happen? You mm-hmm. know, the wise, the wise, the anger, the, yeah, and I think that that's, that's a very real human emotion to go to. When we don't understand something, yeah. it makes us angry because yeah. we, we as humans want to know. We want yeah. to know why something is the way it is. And if it's not, then it, it makes me angry. And so I think that that is something, and again, it, it's not easy to do, but it's, it's the ability to set aside that anger and say, okay, why? Maybe we will never know the answer. Maybe, maybe we will, maybe we won't. But how do we move forward past this and learn from it? Yeah. And I think that that's something that's so important in, in everyday life too. Yeah. And there are questions that the mind can ask. Uh, a great book that I've recommended before is um, A More Beautiful Question by Warren Berger. And it's all about the power of the mind and how asking questions within that question is an answer. So if you ask a question like, why did this happen? And there's no answer to that. Your mm-hmm. brain will spin on that and it will literally drain your energy. So you can choose to ask a more beautiful question like, what can I learn from this? Or what mm-hmm. can I take from this? Or whatever the question change, is. That change your question. Change your question because yeah. within the question is the answer. And so a lot of the times people will stick with the first question that comes to their mind. And I've had traumatic experiences in my childhood. And that was literally the question I asked. Why, Why? did this happen to me? And there's no answer to that. Mm-hmm. And I spent years that question running in my head and it drained me until I changed the question. And I said, what can I learn from this? And not only what can I learn from this, how can I translate this valuable lesson that I've learned and share it to empower others? That's a completely different question. And that motivates you in a completely different way. But you have that power. You can say what the question is that you're gonna be running in your head. And so I try and remind myself as much as I can 
because sometimes questions will be running in my head that I'm not even conscious of. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know what's, what's going on. And then I'm like, oh, I've been thinking this way and I didn't even, it's draining my energy. Mm-hmm. So becoming conscious of what your brain is doing, what questions you're asking is a big part of it too, because I think it's important to remember that we have the power to, to choose what we're going to focus on. Understanding the questions that we ask ourselves can empower us and sometimes they can drain us. So in the death of, of Ty, Amy could ask herself, why did this happen? Why me? Mm-hmm. Or she can say, what am I going to do about it? And how am I going to help Lindy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you, when you, you put know? it on why, why, why did this happen? There's no lessons to be learned from it. Yeah. And like you said, it's an, it's an answer that can't, it's, it's a question that can't be answered. Yeah. So ask a new question. And in that next question, what can I do to be there for Lindy? That's a question that can be answered. Yeah. And that's a very positive m- motion for those characters too. Yeah. And that's what I feel, you know, season 14 is an exploration of those, those journeys of those. How do we move forward? How do we heal? How do we take the best of the memories and the, the time that we did have with this character and heal and still celebrate that life? And acknowledge what's going on. You know, the, the last scene of the, the episode one there of season 14 and, and Tim is expressing himself, you know, with the, the construction site there. It is, it is a process to go through what you're feeling. It's important mm-hmm. for people to feel what they're feeling because too often, especially men, you suppress it because you want to mm-hmm. seem strong. You want to seem like you got it all together. And I see that changing in culture, which is great. But I think that's important for people to express what they're feeling to to go through that you don't have to get over it and have find a new empowering meaning tomorrow no it's, that's not like that that's not what we're trying to say it's a bigger picture conversation that we're having right now and, and everybody goes through what they're going through at their own pace at their own time and so i just want to say that out there too mm-hmm. put that out there anything else you wanted to share <laughs> ever <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think this is kind of what we wanted to convey. Yeah. You know, some of our thoughts about... I, people are obviously going to be upset once they've watched this season premiere. And for I just want to say this too, is there's going to be people that have not seen the season premiere of mm-hmm. Heartland because mm-hmm. it is... It's, but they will have heard. They will have heard over social media. It's rapid fire. What I want to say is the fact that we try to cover stories that resonate with people and that will touch them in ways that make them see things in a, in a different light than they've seen them in the past. And we, we cover a lot of topics that, you know, whether it's bullying at school, it could be a number of different issues that we hope impact someone in a certain way. And I think that when people watch the show, they don't just watch it to pass the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when people watch Heartland, they're consumed in the Heartland family and they they want to feel something from those characters. And, and I mean, what more tragic event than death to learn how those characters are overcoming that? It's, it's a big emotional journey. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people are going to be on that journey and it's going to be a, a tough season to watch. But I also feel like it's going to be a season that's very empowering to a lot of people to know that they're not alone in their journey. Mm-hmm. People that have experienced this in their own life, you know, it's they might feel like, why did this happen to me? And it's only happened to me. And I think that it's an important journey to follow, to know that they're not alone in this. I, I completely agree with you. And I also wanted to add my perspective on... Um this journey and it being very difficult, 
you know, sometimes we watch movies and, and television to, to escape, to forget about things that are going on. But there is a fine line there because stories are also meant to interact and wake up and instill uh, a strength and a confidence and, and bring out the spiritual lesson or the spiritual truth that may be very difficult. Mm-hmm. So I hope people can, can connect with that and see value in that because um, uh, we are moving through a, a time in history right now, a time in, in our world where it is not easy and a lot of people don't want this to be the way it is. So mm-hmm. I hope this story can connect with people in that way and give them a, a courage and a place to ask a question of themselves. What am I going to make this mean in my life? Mm-hmm. And how am I going to move forward? So thanks everyone for listening in to this two-parter mm-hmm. of my Time Has Come podcast. Amber, I love having you on the show. This is a lot of fun for me. The first part, this part was a different kind of fun because I, yeah. I like talking about this kind of stuff. This is, this is hard it's, stuff to talk about. It's hard stuff to talk about. But it's important. Yes. And and when I come away from these types of conversations, I feel contentment. I feel like that was worthwhile. There was something nutritious spiritually about that. So I hope all of you listening could get something from this too and enjoy this conversation. Maybe someday, Amber, we'll have you back on the show. We'll talk I about, would love that. Yeah. I, I really <laughs> enjoyed these conversations. You know, the hard conversations, the easy conversations, they're, they're all needed for all of us. Yeah. And... Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, thanks for coming all the way out. I appreciate it. (laughs) Okay, we'll see you guys next time. Cheers. Thanks, everyone, for listening to part two of my interview with Amber Marshall. Amber, thank you so much again for coming all the way out to Vancouver Island to record both parts of the interview. Uh, It was really special for me to have you here and to just reconnect and uh, have a great conversation with you. That was a lot of fun for me. So I want to say thank you to Amber. I want to say thank you to Eskimotion, who does the intro music for my podcast. The song is called In Dreams. And I want to thank all of you for listening to the show, for being supporters of my work, and uh, for being fans of Heartland. The show has been a huge part of my life, and I can't begin to express all the appreciation I have for everyone on the crew, everyone in the cast, and all of you that watch the show and have supported my work over the past 14 years. It is truly um, one of, it's just the most beautiful thing for me. And I'm so grateful. So thank you so much for your support and your love and everything that you've given me. I'll see you next time, guys. Cheers.